Hi everyone, it's Adam Leventhal back once again for the fifth instalment of the Athletics Premier League Countdown podcast with the return of the 2019-20 season. Just days away now, we're releasing 20 shows on the Ornstein and Chapman feed, each one dedicated to a different Premier League team. So that is two podcasts a day, every day, up until football returns. Now, if you're not already a subscriber, you can sign up right now and take advantage of our 30-day free trial by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy the best football writing anywhere around just as the season makes its return. Now, in this episode, we are discussing Burnley, 10th in the Premier League, slap bang in the middle of the table, no real threat of relegation, 12 points above the drop zone and only six points off fifth place. What lies ahead? Our dedicated Burnley reporter Andy Jones joins us for this edition. Andy, great to have you with us. Um, Let's just sort of set the scene, shall we? Because prior to the lockdown, Burnley were on a bit of a roll and I would have thought it came at a a bit of a bad time for them. Do you think that they'll be able to pick up uh, where they left off? Hello, first of all. Uh, But optimistically, yes. But I think... Not many teams would have wanted to start with Manchester City away as the first game back. I think that's quite clear. But as you say, they were on on a bit of a roll, seven unbeaten. Um, started in in January after you know, there was a few sort of questions being asked about the team. The Christmas period wasn't exactly fruitful for them, but the the game against Leicester essentially turned the season around. Um, Nick Pope's penalty save from from Jamie Vardy, and and since then they've they've just built on on the momentum and the confidence and. And you know we're looking really, really strong. And as you say, the you know the in a, in a way lockdown and the postponement of football did come at a, a bad time for Burnley because they just they just drew with Tottenham. But um, you know we're probably the better team overall in the game, and uh, they were sort of looking towards the end of the season with a lot of a lot of optimism and you know trying looking up rather than down, um, which is and whether they can you know momentum is a, a big thing in football, especially in especially with Burnley really been a big theme throughout the season um, when they've been on on form they've they've gone on a good run and when they haven't you know been been quite at it they've they've dropped off and had some poor results so they will be confident and they'll certainly approach it with the right mentality but I think once you get past Manchester City away then there's a lot of games in there where you look at it and go you know they can certainly get points and, and get wins on the board and what's it been like covering Burnley during the lockdown because uh, we were speaking to Andy Naylor on one of our previous episodes obviously he covers Brighton for the Athletic and they've been very transparent and they've had regular Zoom calls uh, has there been quite a lot of connectivity between the between the club and the and the press during this period yeah i mean the they've been very sort of open uh, with the players and, and Sean Dice is, you know, I've, I've done a couple of, of interviews with uh, Josh Brownhill and Johan Bear Goodmanson and, and then spoke to Dice as well um, in a one-on-one, which was really, really good. Um, but yeah, no, they've, been, they've been excellent. They've sort of been very transparent and, and the players have been open about sort of what's been going on, talking about the season and, and their hopes for, for if and when football returned at, at that point. But since sort of the, you know, football's been coming Sort of back and plans have been put in place. Sean Dice has done a, a press conference and Jay Rodriguez, we spoke to on a Zoom press conference earlier this week as well. So the, the club have been, you know, really good and really transparent about their position and sort of, and Dice and, and Sean Dice has been very, very clear from the outset, really, that, you know, he's, he's wanted football to return when it is safe and well and it looks like, you know, that's, that's what it's leading to. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that, that Sean Dice is keen to have football 
back and he's uh, keen to be back on the uh, on the touchline again. One interesting thing before I uh, talk to you about him, you know, being uh, manager of the month for February and, and that interview that you mentioned as well. It's going to be fascinating just having the players and the managers' voices booming around uh, Turf Moor and the, and the grounds that they're going to be playing at because Sean in particular has such a huge booming voice and he doesn't mind using it on the touchline either, does he? No, he doesn't. So you can you can hear him when the crowd's in there. Um, yeah. So he's, he's going to be very, very clear and it'll be interesting. I mean, he likes a, a chat with the fourth official every now and again as well. Um, so <laughs> yeah. whether we get to hear what he's um, I'm not sure, but that that will be an interesting element, and, and you know he will he will definitely be heard. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be there's plenty of chirp to the fourth official, but yeah, he can he can <laughs> carry his voice with it without any problem at all. Um, so I mentioned there, obviously he was he was manager of the month in February. Obviously lockdown started uh, in March, and that piece that that you you did with him was fantastic. They're the managers that made him, and you sort of charted his eight years at, at Turf Moor and and the influences that he. He'd taken, you know, during that time and, and before it as well, during his playing days, it, it, there aren't any signs really that he's he's slowing down in terms of his development, is there? No, and uh, I think that's what, you know, makes what he's achieved at Burnley so good. I mean, the sort of the lifespan of managers in the game these days isn't isn't particularly long, but he has, you know, continues to tweak things and, and keep it fresh, but also maintain the the, the simple values and, and the simple culture that he's instilled all the way through. I think that he's learned a lot from from his coaches, and it was, it was really interesting to chat to him about the different things that he's picked up from different coaches. I mean, he still still speaks to, to John Duncan. Um, he was he was with the Chesterfield sort of throughout the season, and it's a simple question, and he's open with things, and some managers aren't, and you know that's that's understandable. But he is open, and he will he will ring managers and, and sort of say, "What do you think?" And because it's an outside outside view that sometimes you you might not get when you're you know in in the heart of things and but you know he keeps things fresh his, his, his coaching team with, with Ian Warren and Tony Loughlin uh, you know they're constantly in discussion you see them in discussion on the on the touchline every every weekend and you know they're constantly thinking about new ideas and how to keep things fresh and how to keep things motivated and and keep getting the best out of out of the group of players that he's got because Burnley are you know overachievers really in, in the position that they've they've been in throughout sort of Sean Dyche's his reign really and you know he keep the learning and the development it, it's so important to him and it's it's two of the things he always stresses and but he also keeps that same you know mentality the same dressing room culture which is, is brilliant at Burnley and so it, it was a really really you know insightful chat with him to see how he you know what he's learned from from different and places and, and how those innovations have then you know fed into to what he does now I, I suppose it's interesting for people you know from the outside looking in and people that aren't necessarily aware of what Sean Dyche is like that he's he's contrary to that sort of drill instructor persona that he's got he's, he's quite a deep thinker and he likes to um, well sort of I suppose analyse things probably uh, more in depth than people will give him credit for so yeah no, I, I really enjoyed the piece and, and obviously seeing him do well um, uh, is is always good and he seems to be going from strength to strength with Burnley and we'll never know he might he might move on to to even bigger and, and better things one day uh, I mean in terms of the, the players that he's got his, at his disposal uh, you know for people thinking right well I, I knew what Burnley team was playing before lockdown is it going to be different are there players that were carrying injuries that might now be back available it's, it'll, there'll be a, a few places off the grabs I think and, and that's not to say that you know 
know, anyone who was in the team was performing poorly. They, they Burnley were, were very much, you know, playing well. And when they get results, they collectively are very, very good. There's not usually any play that they carry along during a performance. But there's a couple of people sort of coming back to fitness. Ashley Barnes, who has been, who had a superb 2019. Um, he had a hernia operation in, in mid-January because, you know, it was he was really, really struggling with it and his form with it fell off dramatically really he's just being cautious with him um, when we spoke to Sean a couple of weeks ago but I think as as thing because of the layoff he'd, he'd had um, but I think he will be ramping things up and, and getting involved um, more and more and, and we'll hope to be involved in some part but it's going to be tough for him because Jay Rodriguez Chris Wood and Matai Vidra were all in, in really good form before lockdown so it'll be interesting to see what striker combination he goes with Johan Bear Goodmanson's another who's had a, a season fiddled with injury really he's been very very unlucky uh, Matt Loughton and Jay Rodriguez were the other two who we went into lockdown with injuries. Uh, I think both to the knee, um, but speaking to Jay Rodriguez, he is he's fine. He dealt with the injury during lockdown, um, and he's back fit, and and so is Matt Loughton. So it's presents Sean Dyche with a few conundrums, um, because Burnley have sort of had the injuries throughout the season to to certain players. It will create some some selection headaches, which is what every manager wants. But within the schedule, you know, there'll be a lot of games in a short space of time, so he'll be able to use the squad effectively. Just mentioning, you know, fitness and and injuries and things like that. Have you got any idea as to how Sean Dyche is is treating this sort of phase of returning uh, to playing football obviously there are the complications with social distancing and it's been sort of phased coming back but has he had the opportunity to sort of switch into pre-season mode where he, he quite likes to to beast his teams at times doesn't he <laughs> um, well it was interesting actually when we spoke to Jay Rodriguez which was on Tuesday they'd had a hard session as he described it a, right, a bit of okay. a run I, and I asked him about it. Essentially, there's a, the pre-season element in there. Burnley are a very, very fit squad. And, and obviously, as every other team, as they've had the training programmes to get on with. And I think when we spoke to Sean, he was looking forward to sort of getting, you know, that contact training in there eventually, just to, just to get the feel back, as as he would say to the players. But yeah, the pre-season sort of element has been factored in because you can, you can, you can sort of do it as much as you can on a treadmill and on a bike but you know getting that, those football movements back um, and, and sort of that 11 v 11 contest is, is very very difficult to replicate so there's been a, I think a bit of mix and match within the training and that's obviously stepped up with the you know the ability to have contact training now Sean Dyche and Burnley they're all about contact aren't they we know that um, <laughs> let's just talk contact. about uh, <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, it's all about board um, I wanted to ask you about Dwight McNeil because you know a lot of the, the reporters for the athletic have uh, during this you know lockdown period have named their young players of the year and their players of the year and and Dwight McNeil was your young player of the year and he's although he might not get you know huge attention outside of Burnley he's someone that is highly regarded and and Gareth Southgate's radar certainly has him on it yeah I mean he he's been he's been brilliant this season and it's one of the the things I've really enjoyed through covering Burnley this season is is to see his development I mean you, you sort of Early in the season, you could see how good he was. You could see that, you know, at the back end of, well, in the second half of last season when he came in. But to see his development, you know, for a 20-year-old, the responsibility he now takes on the pitch, it's, he's very much Burnley's chief chief playmaker, but not just, you know, up there statistically for Burnley, up there statistically, you know, league-wide in terms of his his, his ability to create. He's, he's brilliant on the ball, you know, can go on the outside, come inside, which is something he's really developed and sensing the space of, of where he can 
get himself on the ball and come and affect the games. Um, and I think he, he's realising his potential as, as things go on. And, you know, the, the ceiling is very, very high for him. I mean, granted, the, the player of the young player of the year for Burnley is not essentially he's the only candidate, but um, because it, the, the squad is generally older, but he by far and away is, you know, is, is one of Burnley's best players and he, he just continues to get better and better. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, during the lockdown period, I mean, he was sort of working on training programs with his dad, doing ball work with, with him. Be interesting to see if he's, you know, gone away and, and sort of added anything maybe tactically a little bit more uh, to his game. So again, that, but his development has been is something that a lot of people are starting to take a lot more notice of than than they did at the start of the season and and sort of that that England call up. I mean, he's he's been with the sort of the twenty ones um, earlier in the season, but you would think that in the in the years to come, if he continues on the path of his development, then you know that England call up will be you know on its way. Uh, we we mentioned at the beginning of of this episode that that Burnley are slap bang in the middle of the table, um, and that might be seen by some people as well you know they might just sort of drift up a bit down a bit towards the end of the season and they're not going to go into it too hard I mean I think if we know Sean Dyche and we know his teams they will be going blood and thunder for every game (laughs) but there is going to be plenty um, riding on these games for a clutch of players that are yet to agree contracts for next season just just bring us up to speed with with who they are and and what what the latest situation is so Robbie Brady's uh, contract was extended there was a one-year option on his deal so Burnley triggered that a couple of weeks ago now uh, so he remains at Turf Moor for the next 12 months then there's, there's sort of five Adam Legstins is one um, he's a backup goalkeeper but essentially he hasn't played a, a game for Burnley I think he signed in 2017 so um, he will in all likelihood leave um, the other goalkeeper is, is Joe Hart he, he does have a, a one year option but he, he hasn't really played much football this season and he's not really made a secret of the fact that he wants to be playing football regularly week in week out so you would sort of expect him to to leave especially given sort of Burnley's brought in Bailey Peacock Farrell last summer um, 23 year old from, from Leeds who you know sort of pre- future proofs that position behind the, the brilliant Nick Pope then you've got Phil Bardsley who his contract tours did begin. He, he spoke to the Athletic back in March and on the uh, to, to David Ornstein and Mark Chapman, and the um, contract tours had begun before lockdown. Sort of, Burnley were essentially in a bit of a holding pattern because the the financial uncertainty that, that sort of shattered every club really. And and now that things are becoming clearer, then you know things can start to move on that front. Um, the understanding is there's been no further developments on on Bardley's contract yet, but the fact that the way discussions held before lockdown suggest that there might be you know a deal there Jeff Hendricks the really interesting one because he's been a key feature sort of during you know this season uh, Johan Bear Goodenson's injury on the right has meant he's had a lot of game time I think Burnley want to keep him uh, because he's he's a very important player in terms of you know Dice, Sean Dice really really likes him he's all full of praise for him all the time he's a he's a utility player so he can play in a number of different positions but do it well and he's a really good player to have in the squad and it's it, essentially if you lose him you don't quite know what the transfer market's going to hold in terms of finance so you'd have to replace him so it's a little bit but it you don't quite know what Jeff Hendrick himself wants back in sort of November there was you know talks were ongoing um, between sort of the club and the player but nothing concrete has come yet and the final one's Adam Lennon who hasn't really featured he's been a bit of a bit part player um, and it'd be interesting to see it, there's, there's no sort of news on that yet not quite sure 
um, what Burnley will do. They brought Josh Brownhill in, um, but Lennon on, on the right hand side, it's it's a bit of a crowded position in the like at the moment with Goodmanson, Hendrick, and Josh Brownhill can play on the right. He did so for for Bristol City. So now that the situations become clearer, I'm sure contract sort of situations at Burnley will begin begin to become clearer. And as you say, the the nine games left may present a chance for for a couple of them to sort of you know reaffirm. This is why you you know, should keep me, or, or why Burnley will want to keep them. Uh, just a, a couple of players that you've mentioned there. Uh, you know, in brief, where does Joe Hart go now? I mean, he, he's only thirty three years old. He could potentially go on playing until he's he's forty. He's got what seventy five England caps since you know Pep Guardiola went in at Manchester City. He's had what two loan spells, one in Torino one at West Ham, it hasn't quite worked out at Burnley. Where do you think his future lies? Do you think he needs to take a, a step down or will he be thinking, well, no, I'm a, I'm a Premier League number one? What's your sort of understanding of, of his mindset? Um, it, it, it's an, it really is an interesting one. And I think he did sort of an interview recently where he sort of talked about the possibility of maybe having to go abroad again. Essentially, he wants to be a big part of a club which is playing every week. And I think he... That is the main thing for him. So if that is a potential, you know, a step in a different direction, whether that's abroad or maybe he has to drop down to the championship with maybe one of the, you know, promotion contender. It's a, it's a difficult situation for him because he's, you know, he's been sort of, his career has taken a very, very strange path since, since you know, he, he left Manchester City and he's not quite found that home yet. And I'm sure that's what he will be looking for. And, and he'll be, I'm sure that there'll be sort of a lot of clubs interested in his services because he's still a, a very, very good goalkeeper. And it's what he feels is, is the right move for him. That is, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to sort of pinpoint where that might be. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's plenty of options for, for a keeper who's, who's proven himself and, and is still a very, very good age. Right. Final question. Where do you expect Burnley to end up? And uh, are you expecting there to be some sort of sort of momentum that gathers towards the end of the season and there is something to play for right until the wire? There's a lot of lots to play for and there's a lot of games that, you know, there's a lot riding on. Um, they've they've got sort of Sheffield United and Wolves um, to come to turf more, um, but they've got a f- quite a few relegation teams to you know in that in that battle um, to play as well. So there'll be a lot riding on the games generally, but also for Burnley, you know, they they are looking looking up. Um, essentially, safety is pretty much the one point for that forty point marker, which is is always Burnley's target at the start of the season. But that's when they they reassess and they will think that considering the form that they were on before lockdown, that they will they will look to try and build that momentum again. And you know, a couple of good results early on could then snowball them into into good positions because you don't know how teams are going to come back from lockdown. You know, teams could suffer you know poor runs of form and. And some teams can suffer really, really good, and some teams can, um, you know, have really good runs of form. Um, so it's 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 an interesting one. I think the the target would be initially a top half finish. I think that's sitting in tenth now. That's where top ten would be represents a really, really good season. But um, you know, your places aren't 
out of reach uh, essentially and, and until you know Burnley will keep fighting for them until you know they are they aren't attainable or if if they were to, to do it that'd be you know a great season again for them well Andy I wish you all the best for the remainder of the season enjoy the restart thanks very much for coming on the show no worries thanks for having me so that is uh, Andy Jones our dedicated Burnley reporter and if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic make sure that you go to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy all of Andy's articles on Burnley and beyond. Uh, You can currently take advantage of a 30-day free trial if you want to try it out before committing to a full subscription. And with that, you can enjoy all the best football writing as the Premier League returns. Keep an eye on this podcast feed and the Athletic app. Remember to hear all 20 of our Premier League countdown podcasts, each one dedicated to a different team. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.